Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of D1T in 5 for Monday, December 5th. Let's jump into today's top stories. West Virginia officially introduced North Texas AD Rand Baker as the Mountaineers' new AD. President Gordon G. explained in his remarks that, when we interviewed Ren, I can tell you that he fits every one of our criteria and, in addition to being an exceptionally, and I'm going to underline exceptionally, talented athletics director, he's also a very positive person who easily connects and engages with everyone he meets. He understands the vision, he knows where we want to go, and I have no doubt that he'll get us there. G also explained that Turnkey ZRG presented multiple options, ranging from candidates from Power 5 schools to those outside of college athletics. Baker's annual compensation will be $1.1 million plus incentives, and his base salary will increase by $50,000 every year starting on January 1, 2025. Baker also stands to earn a one-time retention bonus of $75,000 after his first two weeks of employment and a $250,000 retention bonus on March 1, 2026. WVU would owe Baker 75% of his remaining base salary if it were to part ways with Baker without cause. Baker would owe the university $1 million were he to leave Morgantown in the first year of his contract, and that figure decreases by $200,000 each year. In the full press conference, Baker indicates North Texas was confronted with difficulties in trying to secure the necessary resources to support student-athletes when he first arrived. I really think there's a lot of complexities in what we do, but it really comes down to three things, do we have the right people? Are we giving them the right tools? And are they following the right processes? When I look at North Texas, as I onboard there, we did not have some of the right people, and we did not equip them with the right tools. Baker says his first priority at WVU will be to make sure that our programs who are here are resourced in a way that they can compete for championships and be relevant nationally. The Knight Commission at its winter meetings urged the D1 Board of Directors to act more urgently on the reforms it charged the Transformation Committee to design and implement last year. Knight Commission co-chair Arne Duncan said, From what we heard, it seems clear the initiatives being considered by the Transformation Committee and by FBS athletics directors through the Lead One Association still do not tackle what is at the foundation of the broken governance and financial frameworks of Division I sports, particularly in FBS football. Co-chair Nancy Zimfer adds that one particular area yet to be addressed involves the formula for distributing March Madness revenues, which awards $160 million based on the success of men's basketball teams in the tournament, but awards $0 based on the success of women's basketball teams. Every university president on the Division I board of directors knows full well that discriminatory gender-based payouts are indefensible. And they know full well that big financial incentives inevitably reflect values and influence the priorities of Division I programs. This reform is within their full authority to change and to change now. The Knight Commission applauded Lead One for its recommendation to place four independent directors, including two former FBS student-athletes, on any new FBS football governing board, but Duncan added, while some aspects of the Lead One proposal could improve FBS governance. The proposal fails to address the elephant of FBS reform, the role of the CFP and its soaring revenues. The commission also released a report on the dead money of coaching buyouts, noting the figure has risen from $32 million in 2012 to $84 million in 2021, with a peak of $104 million in 2018. 
U.S. District Judge Susan Bolton last week rejected Grand Canyon's bid to reverse the U.S. Department of Education's decision to consider the institution a for-profit under Title IV. The Department of Education in 2019 determined GCU is a for-profit institution, citing a contract that gives a sizable portion of the institution's revenue to its former owner. GCU had argued that the Department of Education should consider the institution a non-profit under Title IV because the IRS approved the GCU's tax-exempt status in 2015. However, Bolton ruled the process for determining whether a college is non-profit under Title IV is separate from IRS approvals. GCU says it will continue to operate as a legal non-profit entity while continuing to produce unprecedented results addressing the major issues affecting higher education, specifically the high cost of education, amount of student debt, lack of relevant industry-oriented programs and declining diversity on college campuses. While the NFL unsurprisingly dominates atop the list of the country's highest-paid head coaches, several college football and men's basketball head coaches made their way to the top of the list in 2022, led by Alabama head coach Nick Saban at $11.8 million, Clemson head coach Dab O'Swinney at $11.5 million, Georgia head coach Kirby Smart at $11.3 million, USC head coach Lincoln Riley at $11 million, and LSU head coach Brian Kelly at $10 million. For context, each of the aforementioned college head coaches outearn all but six NFL head coaches, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid and John Harbaugh. Among men's basketball head coaches, only Kentucky head coach John Calipari at $8.6 million makes the list of the top 25 earners, as compiled by Sportico's Kurt Badenhausen. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard Edition of the D1T in 5 for Monday, December 5th. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.